Do you know that the law of sowing and reaping is a powerful natural and spiritual law that exists? We can see it in work, in motion all around us. Um, when I was in Albany last year, I, I housed at my sister's house and she has like this backyard garden and she had these really nice cherry tomatoes and she knows, I don't because I don't have a backyard garden, but she knows that she's got to take these cherry tomato seeds the right time at the right um, season and plant them in some good soil and water them, which I was there to help with, and then they will grow and at the right time she was able to, you know, have this crop, if you like, or this harvest of beautiful cherry tomatoes, which I enjoyed eating them. And so this, this is the natural law of sowing and reaping. If she planted apple seeds, she wouldn't have gotten tomatoes, you know, so we see this um, in, in action uh, in our lives. Um, do you mind just turning my fold back down or whatever it is that's echoing in my ear. <laughs> Thanks. Um, distracting myself. Um, so this is the natural law, but we see it in our lives as well. Like, you know when your child comes to you and they want to make friends at school? I don't know if you've got children here, but I've got little ones, nine, seven and five, and they're like, I want to make friends at school. And you say, okay. So if you want to make friends at school, you need to be friendly. You need to talk to people. You need to sometimes do what they want to do instead of what you want to do, you've got to um, have a bit of fun, you've got to get over stuff, you can't, you know, get upset and stay upset, you know, and that is really what we're talking about is sowing seeds of friendship, sowing and investing into that space so that they can enjoy friendship as a result of that, and so we see this in our lives, if we want to see fruitfulness in our life, we invest into that space. The Bible uses this law of sowing and reaping to help us understand spiritual principles as well how we can reap spiritual uh, riches, so to speak, and in, when we sow spiritually. In Matthew 6, 19, Jesus urges us, he says to us, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal, for there your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we see here that really there is two, I guess, different realms that we can sow into. There's this idea of being able to sow into this life here and now, all of the things that we have here. But actually, we can also sow into another realm um, that is unseen, so to speak. And what this scripture really tells us is that when we sow into this spiritual realm, we're sowing into a space that will produce long-lasting, very valuable uh, fruitfulness and harvest that is um, not able to be in any way impacted or destroyed by the natural things. I am personally greatly assured by the fact that later in the same chapter, in verse 31, Jesus also says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles or the non-Christians seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And so we're assured that as we sow into the spiritual realm, as we sow into the things of the spirit, we will also be provided for. There's also a harvest that comes to us in the natural, and that's very, very reassuring because at the end of the day, we do live here in this world. But I guess it just really helps us to understand, you know, the things that we need in this world. One thing I've noticed, like my kid went to a, a private school this year, and so all of a sudden my price tag of like the uniform and the books and everything is going from like this to like to like this. And I'm like, wow, you know, when you're going about life, whether it's education or whether it's um, 
you know, sporting or whatever it is, the price tag can just get higher and higher, right? It doesn't matter how much you earn, the price tag can keep going up. And what God is really saying to us is, that, that's fine, but first, seek first my kingdom. Make sure you make room in your life to invest into the spiritual space. Invest into what is important to me, because this in here is where you'll have the lasting stuff. But this will also be provided to you as well, in, in according to your need. And so that's such a reassuring thing, I think. Um, one thing I thought about the principle and the law of sowing and reaping is you can't press pause on it. You know how though you roll out of bed some days, like, I'm not very good at talking in the morning. You roll out of bed and you're just like, oh, it's another day. And you're like, ooh, ooh. You know, and, there's so, you, and you can think, oh, I'm just going to put pause on sowing seeds because I'm being grumpy to everyone. But actually, it doesn't matter. Every time you speak and every action you make and every choice you make is sowing a seed. And, you know, if you roll out of bed in the morning and it's hard to see and instead you, like, put a smile on your face and you say, good morning, or you try, then you're going to reap, like, maybe some more positivity in your family as the weeks go on as opposed to the uh, that you may get out of it. I hope you get what I'm saying. You can't really put it on pause. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. We're still sowing something. Um, There's a, a beautiful psalm, Psalm 126, verse 5, that I think really speaks to this. It says that those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for the sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves or his harvest with him. And I think this is such a beautiful picture because there's times, imagine you're a farmer, something tragedy happens in your life. You're still going to go and sow the seed in that season at that time. If you don't, in the coming season, even if your tears are dried from whatever happened then, if you've got no harvest, you'll surely be crying again. Whereas this psalm really just talks about when life's tough, and it is a lot of the time things happen that we can still sow, even if we're t- crying, even if we've got tears, even if we've got grief in our life, we can still sow for the season to come. Because surely as the time goes on and as the seasons pass, there'll be a reaping and there'll be a joy that is coming with that. And so that's such an incredible picture. You can't, you can't press pause on, on the sowing. So what do we sow? We talk a lot about sowing and reaping. What is it? that the Bible teaches us to sow. I wanted to share with you from Galatians 6, verse 6 to 10. This is um, probably one of our main verses around this principle. Uh, And I'm going to read to you from, I've actually got three versions written here, but I'm going to read to you from the NLT version. So there's different versions of the Bible that say things in a slightly different way. So it says, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from that Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. And I'm going to read to you another version. It's from the message. It's quite casual language, just to give it to us in another way. I feel like it's quite a full-on verse, you know? So I looked up the message to see if it helped, but it doesn't really. But I'll read it to you anyway. (laughs) It says, 
Be very sure now, you have been trained to self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all good things that you have and experience. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds, and he, all he will have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get a chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And so that is one of our main scriptures on sowing and reaping and the law of that. And so I've just pulled out three, I guess, categories of seed. You know, your apple seeds, your banana seeds and your pear seeds or whatever. I don't know, do bananas have seeds? Okay, they must. Whoops, hang on. <laughs> you can see I'm not a gardener. <laughs> but our three categories of seeds, or just the way that the Bible um, puts it in, and I have cross-references with other preachers, so it's not just me um, on this one. But I, the first thing I see there is um, the seed of our finances into church. Um, John Piper says it like this, if you treat his word with scorn by not supporting the ministry of the word, you will deeply regret it. We honour God and his word when we take money that might have brought us some comfort, security or prestige and give it to support the ministry of the word. But if we are deceived and think that happiness comes from spending that money on our private pleasures, then we mock God and our greed will come crashing back upon us. We reap what we sow. So that's John Piper, not me. He's a really full-on amazing teacher of the word of God, but he's pretty black and white. Um, what I think is incredible, because it talks about supporting teachers and those um, that, that preach and teach, but I think in a modern day sense, this is really about supporting the church. It's about honouring the word of God. It's about ensuring that there's a platform for the word of God to go out, to be preached. The Bible says that when the word is preached, it, you know, when people hear the word of God, it produces faith in their hearts. I know for Shafin and I, we deeply desire that many would come to know God through this place, through Oceans Perth, through Oceans Albany, that we would be a community where people would feel comfortable to come on in and explore faith. That's why we say you belong here. Sometimes that sounds funny if you're visiting, you're like, what do you mean I belong here? What we're wanting to say, our sentiment is it doesn't matter what you believe, it doesn't matter where you've come from, there's a place for you to belong, there's a place for you to explore faith and encounter who God is and this is what we deeply desire and I just thought it was incredible that God caused us to sow the seed of our finances into our church to honour this platform, to honour the word of God going out, to, to support the teaching and the preaching of the word. And what's so amazing, you know, the Great Commission, many of us um, understand that when Jesus left, he's, the last command he gave to his disciples was to go into all the world and preach the gospel and teach people to obey the commands of God. And that is like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, sure. That's like, who can do that? But actually, God's provided us with the church, a platform where we literally just bring our little bit, our little bit of finance or time or whatever it is, and in doing so, as we plant that into the, into the house, that that 
actually connects our lives to the Great Commission. From that, we can see a harvest that is much more multiplied than what we just gave. An incredible gift, and I'm so grateful to God for the idea of the church. (laughs) So the second thing I see there in terms of the seed is like, it's, I found this one a bit harder to give, um, to give expression to, so I might share a story around it, but is the idea of um, a moral or righteous choices, sowing to the spirit, pleasing the spirit of God rather than um, pleasing, I guess, our own flesh or doing it our own way. Um, don't confuse this with God's plan for salvation, which we are saved by grace um, it's a gift of God through faith. We accept that. But then when we do that, a genuine conversion experience comes with it like a spirit of sonship, they call it, comes into who, into your heart. And it's like you're adopted in as a child of God, like what Gemma was talking about earlier. You become a, a kid of God. And, and in that, it's like your heart changes and you desire different things to what you may have beforehand. And you desire to forsake sin, to forsake, um, I guess, your fleshly or natural instincts and choose instead another way, the way of the spirit. And so that's what I think this is all about. And for example, um, we go through seasons in life that are difficult. Shafer and I once, I always say Shafer and I, it was his job, but because I'm so involved with his life, I call it our job. Um, but we... <laughs> We took on a job one time and it just wasn't the right fit. It was a really, really difficult season. There were some things that were going on that weren't great. And we really wanted to, like, sort of... There were some things that were very unjust that happened there. And we wanted to, like, stamp our feet and make a scene. And you did this and you said that. That's what we wanted to do. But we knew that the Spirit of God, that would please the Spirit of God, would be to take a different approach. And so instead, we sewed in a different way. We worked really, really hard. We networked widely, looking for a new opportunity. And, you know, of course. <laughs> and, and we prayed, you know. So we didn't, we, we refused to stamp our feet and get angry and get up on our, you know, soapbox. <laughs> but instead, we just went through that season. And um, after, and we were definitely sowing like in tears in this season. But as we went through that season, ultimately, we ended up with three different job offers that we could choose from. But we also left that job. Um, in a in really good way, such that the people that we worked for have actually someone into this church when we came to plant this church. And so how amazing is that fruitfulness? And that's just a tiny snapshot of the story. But I feel like, you know, we chose there. That was an example that we can all do in every season, whether it's a day that we just have a bad day at work or whether it's something bigger in our lives where we choose to sow to the Spirit. We choose to behave in a way that is pleasing to the Spirit of God rather than what might feel natural or feel even like justified in that particular moment. Um, And the third thing I guess I see in terms of this category of seed is Christian service and good works. I don't think I need to explain a lot more about that. Our worship team, incredible good works leading us in worship. Our hospitality team, they put food out there, amazing. We serve one another. I think what's so beautiful about that is that we're literally sowing into the spirit by looking after one another. Like it's really not that hard. It's a really beautiful thing. So I I just see in those scriptures, those three things, sowing with our finances into church, sowing in the area of the spirit, moral choices, good choices that please the spirit of God rather than satisfy, I guess, our natural way, and um, and good Christian service, good works. Um, So those are the three sorts of seeds. But 
One of the things I just wanted to reflect on just for a moment is the idea of the soil of our hearts. One of the things that I, I suppose we need to say here is that how can we sow to the spirit in the way I've just described without God doing a work in our hearts first? It's impossible. 2 Corinthians 8, uh, 9, verse 8 to 10 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. That comes straight after the classic verse of he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And it's just a beautiful picture that God can make all grace abound to us, that he does a work in our heart. And for me, a big key to being able to sow with perseverance, to sow without giving up, is actually that the word of God, the seed of the word of God goes deep in my own heart and produces a harvest in my heart. There was a season for me where I was praying for provision in areas of my life that I felt had lack. And you can imagine, you know, I'm praying for provision in really tangible things. But what God actually did in my heart was he created a spirit within me of contentedness, of gratefulness, of thankfulness. It was like one of the hardest lessons I've ever learned. I was like, but I need this. But God was speaking to be grateful, be thankful, be content. And as I started to practice those things you know I, I actually became content <laughs> amazing <laughs> and um you know and then the felt need kind of diminished a lot but God also has provided and brought increase to my life in the areas that I was praying for as well quite a way down the track like years but it still did come and I didn't really need for anything God gave me a contentedness and increased in those areas I was praying in and so you see how there's this like multi-layer going on when you consider the parable of the sower found in the gospels Luke uh, 8 4 to 15 is one of the spots it, it's in three of the gospels but it says a sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed some fell the, by the wayside and was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it some fell on a rock and as soon as it sprung up it withered away because it lacked moisture and some fell on thorns and the thorns sprung up with it and choked it but others fell on good ground sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold when he had shared, said these things this is jesus he cried out he who has ears let him hear. And then later the parable was explained. And he said, now the seed is the word of God. The word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. The devil comes and snake, uh, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they believe and should be saved. So that's like someone who just doesn't even quite get it at all. <laughs> they don't hear it. They don't accept it. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, but they have no root. And they believe for a while in time of temptation, they fall away. So when it gets tough, they fall away from it, they let it go. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard, uh, go out and they are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And so they bring no fruit to maturity. I think that's a real risk for us in this Western world. You know, we can be so distracted all of the time. But the ones who fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, kept it, and they bear fruit with patience. 
sometimes when we're praying and asking God, you know, for a harvest, when we're sowing, sometimes our prayer, I think, needs to be let the soil of my heart be the kind of soil that can receive the word and that can produce a crop, a change of our character, of our perspective within our hearts. Um, so I just want to encourage you with that, that particular thought because we often just talk about sowing and the reaping and it's all out there, but it's really, it's so multi-layered and so often the harvest that we experience is within. It's about our perspective, it's about our heart. It's a shift that happens within us. Sometimes God uses our planting of a seed, whether it's finances or whatever else, to produce a crop that's far greater. Who would prefer contentedness than money? Contentment is a better thing than money. doesn't matter how much money you have, if you have no contentedness, you still feel like you have lack. And so you start to see how the Spirit of God and so into the Spirit and the production of change within our hearts actually is so significant. So I want to finish um, tonight talking about the harvest and I've got five laws of the harvest. This is literally preaching ripped from somebody else. Someone named J.D. Greer. And his preaching is based off the scriptures in 2 Corinthians and Galatians that I've already shared about with you. But he just makes some really great points. So I thought I'd just run through them. These are some points about the harvest. So we've, put, we've talked about um, the seed, we've talked about the soil, and now we're gonna just, I'm going to just talk very briefly about the harvest. So law number one says the harvest is limited to the planting. In other words, God only multiplies what we sow. It's easy for us to say, oh, when God gives me the seed, then I'll sow it. But can we really truly say that we have nothing to sow right now, that God has given us nothing? When you think about the um, feeding of the 5,000, when Jesus said, let's feed this crowd, he said, has someone got something to give me? And a little boy gave a tiny little bit of food and Jesus took that food and in Jesus' hand it was multiplied to be enough. This is a picture of um, this is a picture of our our gift. When we give first, we give first. We give to God, and then He takes what's in our hand and multiplies that. So that's enough. So the harvest is limited to the planting. Our first step is to give. Law number two: the harvest comes later than the planting. Oh. <laughs> you plant your seed in the garden. And it takes longer than five minutes, doesn't it? <laughs> in fact, the seeds that we've sown in life, sometimes they can take years. That's the reality. Sometimes they can take years. And um, so sowing is all about the future. It's all about the future. You sow in one season, you reap in the future season. So do not be discouraged. Do not give up. That is why the Bible says, do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season or course or whatever it says, you will reap a harvest. Number three, the harvest is greater than the planting. So this is such a great point. You plant a few little seeds. I don't know how many seeds my sister planted. I doubt there were that many. She had, like, enormous crop of tomatoes. I mean, they were out of control everywhere. And 
It's like that God uses our generosity often, getting us to sow, encouraging us to sow, to give us something much greater than money. Like I said earlier, you know, throughout that season that I felt I had lack in my life and I was praying for provision, throughout that season God challenged us to continue to give and give and give and give. But he actually produced in my life contentedness, gratefulness, thankfulness, something far greater, far more valuable than money. Think about um, the idea of sowing to the Spirit. It says as we sow to the Spirit, we reap eternal life. So as we choose without growing weary to sow in the way that um, pleases the Spirit and reject what we want to do, what is natural to us, we literally reap eternal life. There's nothing better. Incredible. So the harvest is greater than the planting. And like I said earlier, Shafin and I, our heart, what drives us is to sow and sow and sow and sow. Our desire is to reap in the area of people coming to know Jesus, of people encountering God. And so we're just like, how much can we sow? How much can we sow? How much can we sow? So that we reap more and more and more. And the incredible thing is, as we sow our little bit, that in Jesus' hand, that is multiplied. So the challenge is on. The harvest is proportional to the giving. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully, but he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And number five, and this is a really great point, we cannot do anything about this year's harvest, but we can do something about next year's. So, you know, sometimes we might be living for God now. We might have changed some sort of behavior in our life now, but perhaps we're still living in the harvest or the consequences of decisions and seeds that we've sowed in the past. And although God forgives us instantly, sometimes he allows us to continue to live in the consequences of what has been sown, to endure that and walk through that. But he gives us the opportunity to begin to sow a different kind of seed that will, over time, lead to a different kind of harvest. There's a proverb, not from the Bible, but it says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, right? (laughs) But the second best time is today. And so we have this incredible hope in God that as we may look around at our life and feel like, no, I'm not... You know, like I felt like I was living in lack. You might look around and look at your life and think, this is not quite what I thought. Uh, This is not the harvest that I'm wanting. This is not what I'm wanting in my life. Well, there's nothing we can do about that now, except one thing, and it's start to change what we sow, to sow a different seed. And as we do that, and as you do that, And as you continue to do that, and as you do that, whether you've got tears, and as you do that, whether you can see the results or not, it might take time, often does, but you will, you will reap a harvest. You will go on to reap a different type of harvest than you are today. Incredible. Why don't we all stand up? I'd just love to pray for us around this particular point. I think, you know, there's not a single person here, I'm sure, that wouldn't have certain things and areas of their life that they would hope to see different, that they would hope to be, uh, you know, different. 
And so I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, though, as well, if there are things going in, if there's seeds that we're planting. Sometimes we don't even really realize. Maybe we've been speaking badly to our spouse or to our kids. Maybe we're grumpy at work. I don't know. Sometimes people tell us things, you know. You're rude then. You don't even realize you are. I just love to pray and ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal to us if there's things that we need to change, is there a different type of seed that we can sow that will lead us into a much more life-giving space in our harvest. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We thank you, God, for your word, for the, the absolute blessing of your word. We thank you that your word is alive, that it's breathing, that it's living, that when it goes into our heart, it does produce faith, it produces results, it produces a harvest in our lives. We thank you, God, that you don't just leave us as we are, but that you want to take us from from where we are into a place that becomes more and more and more like you, God, more and more reflective of your beautiful character, more and more reflective of who you are. We thank you, God, that you take every single one of us and create something beautiful out of us as in proportion to what we allow you to, really. And so, Holy Spirit, we just carve out this moment and ask you to come and speak. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts. We thank you. Holy Spirit, you're such a personal God. You're so personal. You speak to us about the intimacies of our own lives, Lord. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just um, reveal to each of us in this moment something that we can sow, something that we can shift in our lives that will lead to, to a harvest that is born of your spirit rather than of the flesh. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for people here that are living through the consequences of times past, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that your grace and your comfort and your provision will be with them in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you are our comforter, that you are our companion, that you will never leave us, never forsake us, that you're always with us. And we cling to that promise and we uh, speak over the people that may feel that they're living in the consequences of past decisions or past seed that's sown that hasn't been great or perhaps, you know, whatever it is. Lord God, we pray, Father. Holy Spirit, that your comfort would be with them. I pray for your empowering ability to begin to plant different seeds, to begin to uh, plant something that will reap a harvest that is life-giving, that's of your spirit, that is full of provision, full of hope. Father, we pray right now, even in this moment, Lord God, for hope to be infused into their hearts. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for your forgiveness, for your grace. In Jesus' name.